Kanaka entrepreneurship, the whole different perspective and the lens that we want to come with is, you know, how do you keep your community at the forefront and how do you be Pono? This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. I'm Suyuno Amos. Each week, we'll be talking story with grassroots community organizers at the forefront of progressive movements for change in Hawaii. Over this series, we're featuring the 30 grantees who received community-raised funds through the Hawaii People's Fund this year. It's our biggest cohort to date, and we're so excited to share their stories with you. We're talking today with Krisha Zane, the Ea Ecoversity Administrator at Kua Kanaka. Kua Kanaka is a Native Hawaiian women-owned and operated social enterprise headquartered in Hilo on Hawaii Island that founded Ea Ecoversity. Ea Ecoversity is a Hawaiian culture-based higher education and career training program that provides blended online and offline learning in an atmosphere of aloha. Ea Ecoversity offers a tuition-free, personalized program designed for Native Hawaiians ages 15 to 30 with a flexible micro-credential model. We'll let Krisha explain how micro-credentials work and share their vision for Hawaiian education. So we're here today with Krisha Zane from Kua Kanaka. Could you introduce yourself and let us know who else is part of Kua Kanaka as well? Aloha nui kako o Krisha mitsue kanani o kupu'uwai zane ko inoa he kama o leilani makua laua o mitsuo zane o Honolulu kuone hanao o Mauna Loa ku'u Mauna, o Hilo ku'u Moku, o Aihe'e ku'u Awawa, o Moku Hulu ku'u Kulaivi. Aloha nui kako. My name is Krisha Zane. I was born and raised on the island of O'ahu, and I currently work as the Ecoversity Administrator at Kua Kanaka. Um, Kua Kanaka is a family-owned and operated social enterprise um, founded by Ku, Dr. Ku Kahakalao and her hiapo, Iini Maikalani Kahakalao. Um, we focus primarily on educational products, services, and experiences. Um, one of our most popular things, games, products out there is Cards for 808. Um, and we also recently kind of opened up five acres of Aina and Waipio Valley to, you know, give folks, you know, the hands-on experience um, out in Lai. Um, Who else is part of Kua Kanaka? It's small staff right now. Um, it's just Auntie Ku um, and her daughter, Iini Maikalani, her second daughter, um, Polani Kakalao Kalima, um, myself, and we have Leilani. Um, DeMello. And I can't wait to see us, I guess, grow because we are small right now, but I do see the trajectory. And so it's really exciting. Krisha, can you tell us more about how Kua Kanaka came to be and also how the Ea Ecoversity initiative started? Yeah, sure. So I'm not going to be the best at explaining how Kua Kanaka came to be because I wasn't part of their hui yet. But from what I understand, it came out of 
um, being very reliant on grants and funding from outsource, you know, other sources. Um, Antiku has been in education for, I think, like, over 35 years or so. And so because of that type of work and doing all of their community work as well, they became very reliant on, you know, grants, um, which is great. But, you know, there's a lot of hoops and bells and whistles you have to go through and comply with when you are doing grants, which, you know, year by year, whatever project they're doing, it's really just dependent on the funding. So it wasn't sustainable. You know, they were doing culturally based, family oriented and community based um, work, but totally not sustainable. And so they had to pivot and wanted to create their own thing so that they could be in charge of really their own destiny, doing the programs that they love to do and not having to shift or move or make, you know, adjustments. So that's, um, at least in a nutshell, what I understand Kua Kanaka, how it started um, was because of that. Um, and because they are a social enterprise, we're able to invest all of the profits and anything that we make right back into the company. And so everything gets invested back into AI Ecoversity. And so AI Ecoversity is this grand vision, um, but also it's a it's kind of two part. So one part of AI Ecoversity is that it's a higher education and career exploration training program for Native Hawaiian youth and young adults that is culturally based um, and tuition free, which I thought is like, oh, yeah, that never happens. But, you know, tuition free is kind of one of those big things we wanted to keep um, for AI Ecoversity. And the other part of AI Ecoversity is a culture-based micro-credentialing program for anyone, Native and non-Native, seeking to increase, you know, their ike kupuna, um, employability, and personal and professional skills. And those that comes with like a sliding fee. But um, yeah, that that's what AI Ecoversity is kind of just in a quick little pitch. Nice. That sounds like a really grand vision. Um, I wonder if you could just explain the concept behind an ecoversity versus a regular university and what's unique about this program as an education model. Yeah. So actually, AI ecoversity, which stands for education with aloha, and then the ecoversity is a whole second part. Um, the Ecoversity is actually a transformative learning space designed to cultivate human, cultural, and ecological flourishing. That's the whole eco part. So anything that Ecoversity does, it has to in some way benefit the ecological, like, you know, the whole system of it all. And not only, you know, this wasn't just something that we made up. Um, AI Ecoversity is part of a global movement of reimagining um, higher education, or not just higher education, but just education that is more... The Ecoversity is like reclaiming traditional knowledge. That's what Ecoversities do. And you can check all of their work out on ecoversities.org. Could you talk about some of the types of classes and programs that students could take? Yeah. So at least for the program um, that we're designing, we're focusing on four main areas. Um, that is 
for right now, it's named Kumupa'a, which is the Hawaiian language and culture. Um, there's Mahi, which focuses on career exploration and training and internships and that kind of sort of thing. Um, there's also Olapono, focusing on financial literacy, um, health and wellness, um, conflict resolution. Um, I think in Hawaii, a lot of people know it as Ho'oponopono. And the last one is Aloha Aina, um, you know, focusing on the land stewardship and, you know, your relationship to the land and how do you Aloha your Aina, um, but also, you know, learning about the Aloha Aina movement from 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st century and moving forward. So those are the four main areas, the, I guess, the areas of the subject areas. Um, classes that we've had so far... We've primarily had most of them in Olalo Hawaii, had cooking in Olalo Hawaii, which is really fun. Um, not only because it's interactive and you get to eat, obviously, at the end, but also because it involves, at least from our end, the Kuo Kanaka side, it involves like collaboration with our community, whether it's like the Papakolea um, homestead or you know, even the Hawaii Co-op, like we were, you know, we get to do more community partnerships with, which I think will, you know, strengthen um, all of our work in the long run. Um, we've also done classes such as Kanaka Entrepreneurship, um, and we are working on a bunch of other courses and classes um, being designed by our advisory boards. So, yeah, that's kind of like to be determined. I'm not sure which one's going to come out first, but um, we're really excited about where we will be growing. Can you describe some of the impacts you've seen for students in the courses? Yeah. Um, well, I think when I think of an impact, the first thing that comes to mind is when I was able to also attend a Kanaka entrepreneurship course taught by Auntie Ku. And the Kanaka entrepreneurship, you know, that we've, we've seen like entrepreneurship. There's like all these, you know, New York poster, I don't know, all these business magazines, Hawaii magazine and all of that. Um, so entrepreneurship is not a new concept, but Kanaka entrepreneurship, the whole different, I guess, perspective and the lens that we want to come with is, you know, how do you keep your community at the forefront and how do you be Pono? How do you have Pono practices? Everyone talks about Pono practices, but how do you have all of that implemented from the start, even before you start a business? So I thought that was a big, you know, thing that I really admired being taught. And this was just a pilot course. Like, keep in mind, this all this experience I'm sharing is like a pilot course that we did um, just to test it out to see if our learners liked it. And many of the learners who attended, you know, they have amazing, wild, you know, entrepreneurial ideas and, oh, I, I want to start this. Let me just do it. Um, and they, I guess, never had the time or the, I guess, what is it? Like the step one, step two, step three. They never had that to kind of run their idea against, uh, you know, run their ideas against, but also test you know so um creating a business model canvas was something that was really good for i think the more visual type of learners 
because they were able to see all of their ideas. And I know that one, actually a few of our learners, um, they have projects. And I'm not going to say what the projects are, um, just to kind of keep their thing secret until they do their grand entrance into the community. But from what they have told us, they have taken our Kanaka entrepreneurship and it's given them at least the time to sit down and focus and um, hone in. And I think we've also been able to connect them with people that we know that could possibly mentor them. So just in that itself, by them coming to the class, we were able to, you know, get them on the right track or the trajectory to actually make it um, come true and make their, you know, ideas and entrepreneurial dreams, you know, come to fruition, even if it's not yet, but, you know, it's still on the forefront, still in their mind. They still think of it. Um, and we're still thinking of them too, if they, you know, if they're keeping in touch with us. So that's kind of like a nice, I guess, impact that I've seen through the course that I've attended. But that's a great question. Mahalo. So there was more interest in AIA Ecoversity than you had originally anticipated, right? Maybe could you tell us how many students you've had and their age ranges and just more information about the demographic that you're serving? Yeah, definitely. So, um, all right, let me just like back it up to last year, 2020. We are all shocked by COVID. Nobody knows how to, you know, anything that you had planned for the rest of the year, just throw it out the window. That's where we were last summer. And I think... I don't know. We were just like, let's just go for it. You know, Ecoversity. I mean, when is it ever going to be the right time? Really? The right time was probably 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, really. Um, but um, Ecoversity, when we, well, we were a bunch of like researchers and Auntie Kuz, she's totally um awesome for always instilling this like you are a researcher if you are you know trying something out if you're developing something you are living and doing this active research so um in doing so the first year at least for you know what we had in mind for AIU University's first year was to be doing a bunch of testing like piloting and you know, maybe setting numbers and goals, but really just kind of being reasonable, you know. And so we wanted to be really humble and say, you know, 10 learners. Um, we wanted to aim for 10 learners within the whole year. So October of last year is when we did our soft launch. And we're just about to approach our one year. Um, but within, I would say about within three months, we had like 35, I think. And then... Um, we kind of slowed down a little bit with the programming. So at least at this point, you know, one year later, we have about 50 learners in the pipeline um, that are just learners. And they've come through whether they were internships or maybe they were, um, they saw us on a Facebook or somebody's auntie's grandma told them, like, you should check this out. And that's how we got 50 people to just apply. Um, but that doesn't include, you know, the the webinars and all these other community things that we've done. And so I think the impact really, just because we have the 50 learners 
you know, their applications and their information and their goals. Um, I think the impact of AI University within its first year with very little to no real social media or marketing um, has probably reached like close to like 100 or 150. Um, and as far as like their like demographics or like where they come from, I was actually pleasantly surprised that um, some of the learners who are more active with Equiversity within this last year are actually living on the continent, which would totally be something that we wouldn't be able to reach if Equiversity started out what we envisioned it to be, which is in person and online. Um, kind of more in person, we wanted to lean on that because we know a lot of folks like to do hands-on learning and that's really how you can gain, you know, real life experiences. But um, yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised by applicants from um, the continent or even, I think I remember getting an application or an inquiry from like Sweden or something. I'm like, wow, we got Hawaiians way out there. Like, that's awesome. Um, you know, that we can reach them through like the online platform. Um, and, you know, it's really amazing because whether you're near or far, you just always want to connect. And so that's what we want to support, you know, with whatever means that we have. Yeah, Sweden. Wow. That's cool. Um, a little bit earlier, you were talking about this question of, you know, when is the right time to do this, to start AI Ecoversity? And like, maybe the right time was 20 years ago. And I think that that speaks a little bit to how important this type of program is. And so I wonder what you think is the impact of AI Ecoversity on Kanaka entrepreneurs in Hawaii? Wow, I'm like, wow, I can't even think of like where, because I, mean, I think my mind is like going like so many, like buzzing in so many different places. Like the impact of where we could be, it's just, I think, and you know, my my background is not in education and, you know, no means I'm being an educator, like I'm learning how to be in education right now. But from what I understand and from what like Antiku has like taught me is just, that a lot of the Western ways of learning was how just it was and everyone has just had to like, you know, um, format, format to it and do it just because that's what it was. And that's how, um, that's what it meant to be successful um, as you went to school and had all these experiences at like university or traditional Western models of learning. Um, but you know, we have the data in Hawaii that show that it doesn't really work or even, you know, there might be um, things that are personal to the people of Hawaii that they, you know, it, it doesn't allow them to go for higher education or like um, maybe a lot of folks, they need to move away even. So just even not even physically being in Hawaii, it makes there's a disparity with what they can achieve or what they can learn or what they can um, know about themselves. And um, I think what Ecoversity has the potential to do is to give folks a better sense of their identity, which also in turns gives them their self, you know, it really strengthens their self-efficacy and then, when they know themselves better, they'll be able to, you know, move and move through the world um, and be able to tackle things with more head, clear head on their shoulder. And they can clearly, you know, see what they want and their visions and their 
um, their dreams and, you know, really try to reach their, you know, kuli kanu'u and like reach their like highest potential, which is really what we want them to do. And I think like Eikoversity, because of its diverse, diverse, but simple, um, you know, we're starting out in these like four main subject areas. Um, there really is something for everyone to learn, whether it's Hawaiian language and culture or um, career exploration or like Alohaina or Olapono. You know, there's something in there for everybody um, to benefit and if not like learn, you know, some, some kind of skill that would help them and get them into the trajectory of being um, a community member um, as well as like being more, you know, knowing their familial responsibilities. So just starting in the home and all of that. And um, I guess just because I mentioned the hale, um, um, one big thing about AECOversity is that even though um, you're the learner, you like just you in traditional, I guess, learning scenarios, it's just you who gets to go to the class and learn. And, it, you know, it really is like all you that is um, for all the, the weight and responsibility of learning and obtaining this knowledge is. But I think what makes a university different than like a university or anything like that is that we really want to involve your family or your ohana, um, whether it's your ohana that you're you're biologically related to, or, you know, your ohana that just lives in your hale. Um, we want learners to create their learning ohana, which can include, you know, myself and Antiku and university people. Um, but, you know, also your community and, um, you know, the people that you see every day and like the people that will actually be the ones to hold you accountable and all of that. So, I think that's kind of the big difference is that it's not just you and you know, it's not just you learning. It's like you and all your peeps. So that's what makes it, I think, exciting. And um, you're more, I feel like people are less willing to give up when it's not just them, you know, when it's just you, it's like, ah, I don't need to work out today. But if it's like, you got a working workout partner, it's like, ah, fine, I'll go work out, you know? Yeah, I really liked what you said about having a greater sense of self-identity and how um, you can have more belief in your dreams from that stronger self-identity. And I think it's really powerful to be inside of a community that models something other than just a Western model of education, like to be able to see that there are other ways of learning that are totally valid is really powerful. Yeah, and I guess I wanna just like point out that it's not that the Western model of education is bad. It's just that for so long, that was just the only way. And, you know, it doesn't work for everyone, you know. <laughs> so I think having um, another type that is, you know, accepted and, you know, backed and, you know, you can, you know, show work for it. It's just as viable, if not, um, you know, it really just depends on who you are as a learner and what you want to do for your community. So, um, yeah, just want to kind of throw that out there. Western is not bad. We love our scholars. We love our PhDs. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'm really excited to see what AI University will be able to, you know, become. I wanted to ask now about what your vision for the future is both for Ea University and also for Hawaii. What's the new future that you're working towards? Um, I think 
I would like um, anyone who decides not to go to like, you know, search for higher education through any other um, like Western type of models um, that will it be able to provide at least opportunities for folks who want to learn more, but um, need to find a program that's really flexible. I think that would be just amazing um, just because, I mean, if you think about like, for example, I mean, I have like, I have like, I'm like one of five children and, you know, three out of five of us did not go to like search for, go for higher education. Um, and so one thing that I know is that if one of my siblings who didn't, you know, kind of take that higher education route, um, just, you know, went to get a micro credential, which is what a university is trying to do, you know, whether it's learning how to use the computer better or ready, you know, learning how to, I don't know, create a flyer and just to have like this, these extra digital skills. I just think of like, wow, just you as one person could have maybe in whatever company they work in, but um, one of my siblings, maybe they could have helped their company or their employer just with something so small, which is something that I think for myself, I just take for granted, like, oh, wait, everybody knows how to use the computer. But, you know, that really isn't the reality. If you don't work at the computer, if you're not around the computer all the time, then you kind of lack computer skills. And so that's just like one example is, one of my brothers who just kind of very hands-on machines kind of um, person, but I'm like, dude, I got to get you on the computer. Like you got to learn how to send some emails. You know, it's just the basic communication stuff, soft skills that I think is really the standard for having um, good employees. And I think employees, no employers, the employers um, really value these, you know, soft skills. Um, that maybe are not taught to folks, you know, right out of high school or whatever the um, education they came from, which is before, you know, before high school. So um, I just think, sorry, I don't even know if that answered your question, (laughs) but I hope it did. Yeah, for sure. That was a great personal example. I'd be curious also to hear what Kua Kanaka's larger vision for the future is, if you can speak to that too. Oh, okay. I, to my understanding, Ku Akanaka means to stand as a Hawaiian. And so the idea is that the Lahui, um, you know, whether or not you grew up really connected and very, you know, very connected to the culture or whether you're just learning the culture, the idea is that you will be able to move and live your lifestyle as um, and stand as a Hawaiian. Like if there's a reason to stand up for something, you stand up if you... You know, you, you just are really in tune with the Hawaiian lifestyles and the way of learning and being, um, you know, and like that just speaks definitely to the, you know, the self-efficacy and learning your identity. So I think Kua Kanaka's big vision is to like kind of, it's to normalize like the Hawaiian lifestyle and living, which, you know, there's a lot of organizations that are doing it. And I think um, as everyone does their part in it, it will... You know, I already see it. It's totally coming into the homes, like um, Hawaiian ways and lifestyles um, all over my community. So um, that's really the big vision. Could you explain the micro-credentials a little bit more? You know, how do those credentials work? And then how do they get applied in the workforce or out in the world? 
Yeah. So there's different, all different kinds of like micro credentialing. So what we want to do is create um, a micro credentialing like network that is like kind of more of a portfolio that maintains your um, like a detailed recordings of all of your learning achievements and your professional and personal growths. So a micro-credential can include something like maybe Kanaka Entrepreneurship, because we've talked about that already. You take a Kanaka Entrepreneurship course and you take so many courses and you earn a credential and um, that can be utilized towards, you know, you can put that on like an e-portfolio or something. And our idea is that employers will recognize more micro-credentials as a valid um, valid learning point, just like how they recognize a bachelor. I mean, I'm not to say that a micro-credential is a bachelor's, but just like how common, you know, it's so common. They, they say minimum, what is it, minimum bachelor's and then years of experience. Um, the idea is that micro-credentials are, and I think they are growing um, in popularity um, because they celebrate more of your achievements. And they're from both ends. For a learner who's getting these micro-credentials, um, you're able to do them quickly. I mean, whether it's a course or you know six months, you don't have to commit to a four-year um, thing, not usually, at least. Um, and so learners are able to obtain it, you know, because life happens. And, you know, how can you know three years down the line that you can still be committed to a program or a class? Um, so that's, I guess, real fast micro-credentials um, for us. Perfect. That does make it clearer for me. Um, now I wonder if you could share with us a little bit about how the support you've received from Hawaii People's Fund has impacted the work that you're able to do. Oh, yes. So when Kua Kanaka applied for the Hawaii People's Fund, we applied under a project, and the project was called Ipuka Ea. And so we named it Ipuka Ea. Ipuka is kind of like the gate, or the, the gates, kind of. Um, so... We named it that because at this point, like I mentioned earlier, um, we had about 50 learners in the pipeline of all of that. But as we're you know, growing in numbers, we are realizing that we don't have that capacity to support. You know, there is such thing as growing too fast and then, you know, you, we don't want um, anyone to fall through the cracks. So um, something like Ipuka Ea, which is in our mind right now, as it's being developed, is three parts kind of. It's a learning, a learning exploration platform, so that it's like culturally based and blended online and offline. Um, so we have that learning experience part. The second part is the learner management system, which is kind of like an online thing to administer, you know, document track or analyze and report, you know, like a learner's data. So kind of like, um, I guess schools have it. I don't know how wealth has examples other than educational systems, but it's something, it's a learner management system where they manage all the information of the people. And then the third part of it is a micro-credentialing network. 
which is where we would be able to issue micro credentials and digital badges and digital badges. I don't think I've touched on that part. Digital badges are like bigger than the micro credentials. So multiple micro credentials would equal a digital badge. And I know it totally gets confusing without like visuals. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's just growing. And once you kind of keep hearing it and get the hang of it, um, easier to catch on, but that's what we applied for the Hawaii People's Fund for is to kind of develop our online learner management system experience um, because everything that we've come across thus far um, hasn't really been it. There's been pieces of programs here and there that are great and we love the features. Um, so we've been able to pull and like do our research of like what we like, what we don't like. Um, what works for learners, what doesn't work for them, what's user-friendly even. Um, so we have been doing all of our research on one end. And so in the meantime, while, you know, we are trying to create this huge project, which is, I mean, it's, it's going to be a big project. Um, and we are, we would like to create something that um, is culturally based and culturally designed as well so that, other um, cultures can use it, kind of like a shell. Um, but basically, because we were, you know, awarded the Hawaii People's Fund um, monies, we were we've been able to uh, kind of we started a what are they called? Like it's like a license. I think a license with um, a learner management system. So we'll have that help now to to kind of mass send emails mass updates versus individually sending things which has been so time consuming for um our staff and then also we also on the side of that also sorry i said also like so many times already <laughs> um no so we we were able to get another license for the badge and digital micro credentialing like issuing so creating the image of the micro credential and then them being like these are the requirements to give a badge and we can fill it out and so we're gonna so with those two combined the liner management system and the and the micro credentialing issuing those are like knocking two parts of that three way of kind of the whole Ipuka'ea vision. So that's two out of three that we've been able to cover just from the makana from Hawaii People's Fund. So mahalo nui, because I think it just would have taken us so much longer to get to this point, or we would have been so much more hesitant, you know, to like invest in something, even though we totally need it, but we would just be kind of a little bit more hesitant. Um, so we really appreciate it. And um, to my understanding, we're going to be able to start rolling it out this month, um, the courses. And so we're getting right at this point where because we have the learner management, we can reach more learners and we can start developing the courses. So we totally would not be where we are like four months ago. Like we just would not have been where we are now if it wasn't for the support from the Hawaii People's Fund. So mahalo. That's exciting to hear how far you've come in this year and to hear what you're building towards. Um, Krisha, is there anything else you'd like to share that we haven't touched on? 
if there's anything else, I would just have to say, reach your highest potentials. <laughs> And just leave me with encouraging words um, that, you know, Kanaka really supports, um, you know, the Lahui. And we would love to see everyone reach their highest potentials um, in their home life, their personal life, um, their professional lives, you know. So um, if you want to get involved, we love you and we would totally um add you to our mailing list and you know give you anything we can do to support you um yeah that's it thank you for ending on such an uplifting note oh mahalo nui it was really easy to have this conversation with you folks mahalo for talking with us today krisha yeah mahalo if you'd like to support tuition-free higher education to native hawaiians with a donation or apply to learn through ea ecoversity yourself visit kuakanaka.com backslash aiecoversity. And to stay in the loop on other learning opportunities, you can follow Kua Kanaka on Facebook or Instagram. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me. And me. With additional support from... Mickey! Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. Production of this podcast is supported by a fellowship from Princeton University. Thank you to our community donors and to you, our audience, for listening. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with Kapa Olonopuha. We gotta get in a state of abundance. And the only way we do that is reinvesting in our people, reinvesting in our aina, and reinvesting in ourselves. You don't want to miss it. <laughs>